0: This morning and we're glad you're here with us. As I mentioned a moment ago, our series has been centered around that song, Tell Me the Story of Jesus. I've heard it often sung as a song before the Lord's Supper and it really doesn't fit as much with that. It only has one line that really pertains to the Lord's Supper. But it is about the story of Jesus. It is about everything that, that He went through on this earth. And it has that one line in it that I've kind of used as, as a sub-thing too. Right on my heart, every word. I want to know the story of Jesus. I want to know how it pertains to me and how it can make me a better Christian. We need to understand the life of Jesus and studying this song is a good way to do that. So far we have studied His birth. We we looked at how he was born into this world in humility not in the way of of any king or hero that we might know. It's a story that is not written by man because if man had written it 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 would not be a best But when we look at all the things that Jesus went through in his life especially we see that this is a story written by God. Last week we looked at his temptations and How he was fasting alone in the desert. And how Satan tempted him in all points just as we are tempted today. And yet he was triumphant. The title of our lesson this morning is The Years of His Labor. The Life of Christ. We're going to look at at what his life was like and what he did in his ministry and, and how all those things are important to us. Tell of the years of his labor. Tell of the sorrow he bore. He was despised and afflicted, homeless, rejected, and poor. Tell me the story of Jesus. right on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious sweetest that ever was heard. We celebrate holidays such as Christmas and Easter to, that are often used to recognize the birth and the resurrection of our Lord respectively. And it's interesting that so many will take time out to recognize these important events as we are doing in our lessons. We've noticed His birth and we're going to to notice His death, burial, and resurrection and all the things that those represent. And there are many people that will take time out during those holidays to recognize the importance of those events. But isn't it interesting that It seems that in our society, as much as we recognize the birth and the resurrection of our Lord, there's so much time in between that is not recognized by many people. It seems like his life doesn't mean as much as those particular points. before giving Himself as a sacrifice to offer salvation to all people of all ages, He came with purpose for His life. He came with a purpose that was given by His Father. His life was spent encouraging the Jews to repent and preparing His disciples for what was to be He was preparing the apostles to be ready to spread the gospel message after he left them. All of his followers he encouraged to continue walking in his ways and in the doctrine of the apostles. Knowledge of the life of Christ helps us to understand more fully the meaning behind such important events such as His birth into this world and His resurrection and departure from it. The reason that He was born to a humble humble family, we see all the, the meaning in His life. His feelings regarding the cross that He would eventually bear and die on. His love for mankind such that He was willing to die for us. It helps us to understand the meaning of all these things in between. I want to take you back to the beginning of his ministry. It's not the beginning of the story of Jesus as we've already seen his birth, but there are certain things in the beginning of his ministry and in the beginning part of of the importance of those years that he spent in ministry. There are some very significant things that happened to Jesus as he began. At the beginning of his ministry, we see that Jesus was baptized by John. If you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 3 and we'll jump around between the Gospels a little bit Uh, because there are different ones that, that present certain points I wanted to bring out. But we'll start in Matthew's account, Matthew chapter 3, and beginning with verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I think we all imagine the voice of God to be a very deep voice. Very different than my own. But, He said those very important words. This is my beloved Son in whom I I am well pleased. The baptism of John was not the same as our baptism, at least as we recognize it today, as being for the remission of sins. And certainly Jesus wouldn't be subject to the, bapti- the baptism that we baptize with today because he had no sins But it was a representation of the Jews' need for repentance. To turn to a life following God. Following His Son. His teaching and baptism prepared the way for Christ's coming. It prepared the way for His eventual death, burial, and resurrection. Which means so much to us when we are baptized. But Jesus came to John to also be baptized. John knew that Jesus had no need of baptism because he did not need to repent. He had done nothing wrong. He had no sin in his life. And as we see John's reaction to Jesus' baptism or Jesus wanting to be baptized... We see that John felt unworthy. He felt unworthy of baptizing Christ. If only the, the she was on the other foot, if you will, if only Jesus, the sinless one, could have baptized John. But Jesus needed to be baptized, as He said, to fulfill all righteousness. Speaking of this very moment later on in John chapter 1, verses 29-34, it says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is He of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for He was before me. I did not know Him, but that He should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. In verse 32, And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and... He remained upon Him. I did not know Him, but He who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon, you, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on Him, this is He who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God when John saw Spirit descending like a dove, when he heard these words, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, he knew that this was Jesus. This is the one whom he was preparing the way for. Now up until that point, I I wonder what it was like, what that relationship was. John knew that Jesus was special. But when he heard the words of God coming from heaven, he knew. Another significant point in the beginning of Christ's ministry. Jesus was tempted by the devil. And we looked at this last week so I won't go into deep detail. But I do want to read the verses. And since we used Matthew's account last week, we'll use Luke's account this week. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Verse 5, Then the devil, taking him up on the high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you, and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Verse 9 Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt. The Lord your God. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. It was important for Jesus to be tempted to fulfill prophecy and for his own understanding of our weaknesses. Hebrews chapter 4 beginning with verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace help in time of need. Christ's baptism and His being tempted were both important accomplishments. As He said of His baptism, it was important that He fulfill all righteousness and through those things He did. Through His baptism and through being tempted and coming out victorious, He fulfilled all righteousness. And with both of these necessary things accomplished, Jesus was ready to begin His public ministry. Matthew 4, verses 12-17. through Now, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and, and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The same message that he initially gave to his apostles as he sent them out. Then we move on in our lesson to Jesus' teachings and miracles. These were an important part of Jesus' ministry. After choosing 12 very special men to follow Him, He began making disciples by teaching them. His most popular sermon was what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. Beginning with the Beatitudes of a disciple, he addressed God's concern for the heart versus obedience to the law, loving enemies, prayer, heaven, worry, and treatment of others. He concluded the sermon with an encouragement and warning. Encouragement to seek the kingdom and to build on the rock. Warning against false teachers. He taught that not all who call on His name shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus often taught in the form of parables. Parables on the harvest, the seed, and the soils. Parables regarding the kingdom of heaven and preparation for it. And when asked by His disciples why He spoke in parables, He said this in Matthew chapter 13, beginning with verse 11. Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him more will be given and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables. Because seeing, They do not see. And hearing they do not hear. And shall not understand. And seeing you will see. And not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. And their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes. And hear with their ears lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men despised or desired to see what you see and did not see it. And to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And so he taught them in parables. Accompanying, accompanying his teachings, Jesus also came with the ability to perform miracles, things that no one on earth could ever do. He was able to heal the sick and diseased, as well as those who were lame, deaf, mute, and blind. Jesus could even give life to the dead. In Mark chapter 5, verse 6, Verses 35 through 42, we read of Jairus' daughter. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. In verses 41 and 42, then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was twelve years of age. And they were overcome with great amazement. In the case of Lazarus, a beloved friend of Jesus, we see that he was able to raise him from the dead also. Also. John chapter 11, beginning with verse 20. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met Him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who has come into the world. Picking up with verse thirty-two, then Mary, then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, "Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died." Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and he said, "Where have you laid him?" They said to him, "Lord, come and see." Verse 38, Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. Verse 40, Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who were standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Jesus was able to do what no other person on earth could ever accomplish. He was able to perform great miracles and he did them with purpose. They weren't just to perform them. But they had the purpose in mind of showing to the people who he really was so that they might believe. In addition to the parables and the miracles that we read about in Jesus' life, we see that not all was a bed of roses. Let's notice for a moment as we close our lesson the sufferings of Jesus. Jesus suffered rejection one of the the basic things of of life, nobody wants to be rejected. We seek love starting from our birth and our parents. We we seek the love of of a father and a mother. And and as we get older, we, we have friends around us. We seek their approval as well. And to be rejected by any of those, would be difficult. In reference to the school shooting over the weekend uh, Friday, I believe it was, uh, one of the the mothers of one of the victims that passed away said that the shooter had been rejected by her daughter and that maybe that was the cause of that tragedy. Nobody wants to be rejected and Jesus didn't want to be rejected either. But He was. He was rejected in the world that He came into. John chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. He was in the beginning, in the days of creation. And yet, the world didn't know Him. When He came into the earth, When he came to to live as he did and to die, the world didn't know him. It says in verse 11 that he came to his own and his own did not receive him. Jesus came to bring the Jews to repentance and, and bring them back to God. However, for the most part, the Jews rejected him, desiring even his death on Across. Even those of his own country and those who knew his family. In Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? That such mighty works are performed by his hands. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us. So they were offended at him. Verse 4, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could not For now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. He was rejected by his own people. By those that he grew up knowing. They had seen him as a child and as an adult they could not believe what he was teaching. Many people would say the same about someone who who comes to Christ. Someone who obeys the gospel and they come back to them and they they start talking about Christ and who are you? We've known you since you were young. We knew you at a time when, when you didn't believe these things. Where did all this come from? That's the way they treated Jesus. Jesus was afflicted with sorrow in regard to Lazarus' death, we read in John 11, verses 33-36, Therefore when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, He groaned in the Spirit and was troubled, and He said, Where have you laid Him? And they said to Him, Lord, come and see. And in verse 35 it's the shortest verse in the English version of the Scriptures, not the shortest verse overall. Not if you go back to the Greek. Verse 35, Jesus... Wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. We read his, of his lament over Jerusalem in Luke chapter 13 verse 34. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. But you were not willing. Luke 19 verse 41, Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. And in the garden of Gethsemane, Mark 14 verse 34, Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here. And watch. He was sorrowful. His soul was exceedingly sorrowful. And we read of his prayer in Luke 22, verses 42 through 44 Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He suffered physically for our sins. He was beaten and scourged. He was not just hung, but He was nailed to the cross. Being on a cross in and of itself was humiliating, but He was nailed to that cross. A crown of thorns was placed on His head. He suffered all of these things for the sins of man. We used a, a portion of this passage for our scripture reading today. First Peter chapter two, verses twenty-one through twenty-four. This is speaking of a servant's submission. But it says in verse twenty-one, for this you were called because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Even one of the thieves on the cross is next to Him. Even one of those thieves recognized that Jesus had done nothing wrong. Nothing to be deserving of of the punishment that He took. And yet, He was willing to go to that extent for us. He suffered in in this life. Tell of the years of his labor. Tell of the sorrow he bore. He was despised and afflicted. Homeless, rejected, and poor. The hardest thing to believe about all of these things that Jesus went through in this life is... That He was willing to come to earth anyway. He knew. He knew what He would face. He knew the sufferings that this life would bring. And yet, He was still willing to come to earth. He was still willing to die on a cross. Even though He asked His Father if there's any other way. Let this cup pass from me. He was still willing to face the punishment for us. And for our sins. Now his life wasn't perfect by any means. It involved a great amount of suffering. But he lived. Life anyway. And he faced. Our punishment on our behalf. I don't know what your heart is like. I don't know of your relationship with God. But if you are not a child of God, if you've never obeyed the gospel, then we always offer the opportunity to be obedient by faith and repentance, confession, baptism for the remission of sins. But maybe it is that someone here is, is not a faithful child of God. Maybe you've obeyed the gospel, but you've not remained faithful to Him. And maybe you need to come back. Maybe you need to ask for prayer on your behalf or for forgiveness for something that you've done. Maybe you just realize that you can't live faithfully on your own and you need help. That's what we're here for. We're your church family. We love you. If there is some way, some way that we can help you in any way at all, we ask you to come. As together we stand and as we sing, number 655. There's a fountain free, tis for you and me.